Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez Buddy and Killing Bird. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Killing Bird here with Ron Fez. Buddy, what's up, man? I'm good, bud. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I, um, I have my eyes. I'm staring at a spreadsheet full of summer tournaments right now. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know if you guys... Actually, I don't even know where I got the link. I'll post a link to it, um, I guess. I'll try to figure out how to do it in the forums. There's a, there's a spreadsheet someone on 2 Plus 2 created in Google Documents that has every summer tournament on it, which is really cool for planning, because right now I'm planning my travel, so I'm knee-deep in tournament structures and <laughs> tournament buy-ins yeah. and trying to figure out travel. God, it's so annoying to figure out travel. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Luckily for me this year, it's easy. Well, yeah. easy because I'm driving, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which in, in of itself is not easy, but I don't have to worry about deciding when I'm going to fly out, when I'm going to land, and right. any other stuff is just getting the car and go. So I, uh, I actually played the Mega Millions. <laughs> Do you guys have that in North Carolina? I'm not sure which states are part of that. Are you part of it? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I usually don't. I don't play Lotto at all because it's so in touch a negative EV <laughs> proposition. Right. It's 540 million now. <laughs> I mean, it's like hard yeah. to avoid it. And it might actually be plus EV um, at this point because it's such a high prize pool, although you probably split it if uh, if you win. But I don't know. The reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm going to, you know, hopefully I, if I ship that, I can just play everything this summer. Right. I don't have to worry about travel. Yeah, there was a funny thread I read somewhere today, which was if you won the Mega Millions, would you buy Full Tilt Poker? <laughs> And I thought that was oh, that's rather interesting. That's funny. That's funny. I don't know. No, I wouldn't buy full tilt, but I would do something. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's where I'd invest my money, but I would definitely invest it somewhere. One word: roulette. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All of it. I wonder if, if there's a casino that would take your bet no. if you wanted to bet a half a mil or a half a billion no, dollars. No, they would never take it. They would never take that exposure. They they would never. I don't think they ever would. I mean, it's a lot of money for them, but the the, the payout is astronomical. It would bust them, I would think. Uh, I guess or they could cover. They can. They can buy insurance, and maybe then they would take it. Yeah, that could be. Probably, it's probably something, some way to figure out. They could. I mean, since it is a plus EV gamble for them, maybe if they pool it with other casinos. I don't know. How the hell did we even get on this topic? Yeah, this is what gamblers talk <laughs> <Exactly>. about. <laughs> I wonder if I could bet a half a billion on roulette. <laughs> <laughs> oh awesome. God! Yeah, I I, I actually uh, I got my schedule together. I guess last week sometime, nice. and uh, and I'm pretty excited. Mostly Venetians and and smaller. Uh, you know, I, I played a couple of those grand poker series tournaments last year, and I added a bunch of those to the schedule because they're small buy-ins, which you know for a mid-stakes guy like me is good. I can't just play a bunch of fifteen hundreds, um, and they're super soft because all the good. Internet kids are playing at the WSOP or the Venetian. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I played one of those, and they were just ridiculous. Yeah, so you just you head downtown, you play with all the uh, incredibly bad tourists and locals. Got to so. put up with that table talk. That's the problem. Yeah, I just throw my iPod on. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and grind away. Uh, I'm gonna take a shot at a couple of WSOPs this year too. Um, think about, I'm gonna definitely play a Venetian. I'm gonna play, I think, uh, a 1K and a 1.5K WSOP. And then I'm pretty sure I'm going to play the main event this year. Yeah. Yeah, I had a... I'm going to add a 
I'm playing one WSF for sure, and then I'm going to add some uh, satellites to the mix. Yeah, that's a good chance you win one of those. They're pretty soft. Yeah, I had a few people who who said they would buy pieces if I wanted to play some satellites. Yeah, I'll definitely main. do that, because that's always a cool sweat, and then I like a sweat to the main. That's so... Yeah, yeah, so I figure that's, you know, it's a good shot. I, and I, 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 I kind of set my schedule up this this year so that I have some days off, you know? Like, I like I, I spaced them out so that I, I would get some rest in between. Right. Um, so, you know, those will be good days when, when other people are going over to play at the World Series. I, I can just drive over with everybody and, and take some shots. At some yeah, right, right, just the, whatever, 1 o'clock or 5 o'clock, whatever. Yeah. yeah no pressure. Yeah, so. It'll be fun. It'll be here before we know it, though, less than two months away. So Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, and speaking of looking forward to stuff, we're uh, we got a cool show today. Yeah, pretty pretty excited. A little bit of a different format. Well, not different format, but a little bit of a different uh, different guest, right? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna uh, we, we're gonna bring on a um, a member actually, who a very popular member amongst other members yeah. <laughs> on TV, um, Riverman123, who's had a ton of success uh, on Merge this year, and, and, and actually on, on other sites as well, but um, but you'll find him grinding the Merge tournaments a lot, and he's, he's doing really, really well, and, um, and, and a smart kid, and, and really active in the forums, and, and a lot of the other members look to him for advice and stuff, yeah. so I think it'll be cool to have him yeah, on. Yeah, I think he's definitely a leader in, in, at the site, so I think it's, you know, and people ask, can you, can you interview him? We want to want to hear what he does and how he approaches the game because he's definitely got a lot of success uh so in addition to joining the podcast we um we just made a mod at in the forums and we are going to be kicking off a new um, member spotlight series at, at the site um, in addition to the regular pro videos uh, which will obviously maintain their frequency um we're going to post some uh, some videos from members that are breaking out and having success because we're starting to see a bunch of them um and if they're willing to you know, show their play and want to want to get people looking at their videos. We're we're happy to put them on the site, so look out for that. And Riverman's the first one that we're going to be doing that with. So uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, yeah, well deserved, and and, uh, and those will be coming down soon. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, and, and one of the things we're going to talk to him a little bit about is uh, is the Maximus series on Merge that just wrapped up, and and he had a, a good bit of success in that. Uh, early on, I think he final tabled what two of the first. I think the first ten events. Yeah, his first two days, I think he had final tables back to back. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually I'm looking at the list. He had a, a sixth uh, in event four for almost seven k. Nice. And then uh, another sixth in the thirty k event ten for almost four k. So pretty good way to start. Yeah, start definitely off a nice way to start off. And we, there were a bunch of bunch of players had some success, right? Yeah, really really happy with uh, with how a lot of the members did. Um, I you know I remember. Uh, tilted EV um, because we were both playing uh, together. It was actually when we were in um, Atlantic City, and I was grinding the, the first uh, two events in the hotel yeah, room and, and, and chatting with him in chat. And uh, and then I came back down to I think Sweat U, mm-hmm. um, and that was uh, and that was the night that he ended up finishing fe- uh, fifth right. in that 175k for uh, almost 11 grand. So yep. uh, a, gr- a great one for him there, and several other members too. Um, I three bet shove took a second place in event five. Um, LOL plaid took a fifth place in event eight. Uh, yeah, Root, Roots Princess had two nice runs: a tenth place in the seventy five hundred and a fifth place in the forty k. Uh, and then it, towards the end, um, MM Fitter took fourth in the in the twenty k guaranteed uh, for almost two grand, and then capped it off in true 
TPE successful fashion. Um, Nocturnal One uh, took second in the Maximus 109 main event for almost 40 grand, which <laughs> was pretty awesome. Wow, nice, man. Congratulations, Nocturnal. He's a good guy. He's all over the forums, too, so... Nice stuff, guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's cool because you don't. Um, I mean, you don't see those kind of prize pools. No, on, no. on American facing sites yeah. recently. So to to make a run in in you know a main event like that and, and ship that kind of a prize pool nowadays is a huge deal. Yeah, can I can I share my uh, my experience with Maximus? So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play a ton uh, of Maximus events. I just I, actually I played a couple in the middle, um, but I I I set aside. Um, the last day to play a bunch of stuff and you know i really don't keep a lot of money on maximus i i, I don't i'm not back there I, I just kind of use my own money i had a couple hundred bucks on the side and i'm like all right well you know i'm gonna just play off this couple hundred bucks if i bust everything you know because i mean I, I think i think everything i think was like 600 bucks of buy-ins that day um between the stuff i was playing and i was like all right well if, if you know I, I i don't keep a lot of money anytime i've cashed a decent amount i've taken it off um so I was just going to take a shot and recash it, redeposit if I had to. So I play a bunch of stuff, and along the side, <clears throat> I play a satellite to the 530 Super Stack, which was, I think, actually even the last event, because um, mm-hmm. they could start after the 109. But I'm like, whatever, I got you know, I got some money in last couple bucks. I'm going to redeposit anyway. Let me let me take a shot at this 530, and I'll play it if I – like, I'll play – I'm not looking to play a 530 normally with, you know, $700 on the site, right? <laughs> that's, not, right. that's not good BR. But the, the reason why I bring this up is because you said we're not used to seeing prize pools like this. And so this is, this is a fun Sunday, huh? <laughs> Like, it was a fun Sunday. A lot of nice prize pools. And it felt like a yeah. thing, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a shot at this 530 um, satellite. And if I win, I win. If I don't, whatever, I'm going to redeposit. So I play this thing. Once again, to play the 530 Maximus event. That's my goal. Win a ticket, right? right? Well, I win a seat, but the satellite doesn't end until two hours after registration closed. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) So registration closed, I don't know, 7, and I win the seat at like 8.45, right? Oh, jeez. So first of all, as registration is closing, I'm like, I don't even want this seat anymore. I don't want to walk into this with... 15 big blinds, right? You know? Right, right. But, um, but you know, whatever. I don't, I mean, I don't know why they scheduled this. Like, I wasn't, I, you know, I had eight tables up. I wasn't really, like, looking at it closely. And I find their lobby and, and structure screens so confusing anyway. I, I, it's, like, so, so badly designed that I, I didn't really think about that, that possibility. I just figured right. it's turbo, maybe it'll, you know, get them, whatever. A structure in a way that you get in. Maybe not when it starts, but you get it in, um, enough time but I, obviously we don't so now i need to say i didn't cash in anything else sunday so i got no money in my account and a 530 dollars <laughs> ticket that <laughs> you can't use well i guess they do have like a 500 tournament like once a month right or something so, so they have a 530 tournament i think they actually have one every week now um oh, okay I, I, so i write to the, okay so i'm playing on players only because i can't play on lock because they don't accept New York residents and I signed up players only like literally like April 18th right just because I wanted to make sure I got on a site before they shut us down so I'm playing on the site and their support is the worst um, so I don't mind outing them here um, I, you know, I write to these people very very you know calmly and rationally saying listen you, you ran a satellite for something that didn't that that was specifically to the Maximus 530. 
I only played it because I wanted to play the Maximus 530. I don't want to play a $530 tournament. I wanted to play that tournament, and it was right. able to satellite to that tournament. Now, I know I got a ticket, and I could use it for other stuff. And I know I've been around poker long enough to know that you, you know, if, you buy, if you win a ticket to something and it's a non-refundable ticket, it's a non-refundable ticket, and that's, you know, that's the way it is. But I, I think I had a case here that you, know, you advertised a ticket to something that you couldn't fulfill, and you know, being that I got no no cash in my account, I'm not even asking for cash. Give me give me tickets to 109s, 33s, 11s, you know, whatever. Like right. make it, you know, uh, you'll make more rake off of me, right? <laughs> like yeah, and it's not like you're not going to use it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to play. They're, they're going to give you tickets. You can't cash them out or anything. Don't look, don't give me cash. Give me tickets. I don't care. I I I just want to play other stuff. But they right. do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot at 530 in the next couple of weeks and just <laughs> go somewhere else because I'm definitely not going to give them my money. Well, hopefully on the next podcast you'll be saying, <laughs> boy, am I glad they made me play right. at 530 because right. I shipped it. Right. I don't know. I mean, like, it's, I understand the rules of the rules, but I think, you know, look, we, we run TPE and we are very heavily focused on customer service. Um, you know, we understand we don't do everything right all the time and we'll be rational about, you know, doing things with customers. We say that all the time. And, if, you know, we have a problem with you know, policy or something, talk to us. We'll, we'll, we'll try to work it out. And I just feel like that's the way customer service should be in, and, and given the situation. But I just kept getting robotic responses from people, you know, like, like you know, the, the best one was, you know, tickets are for specific tournaments and you must play them. And right. I was like, yes, exactly. I agree. <laughs> well, and you got to think, I mean, I don't know how many tickets they're awarded, but there's a bunch of other people in your exact yeah, same exactly. boat, probably. Yeah. I'm actually surprised I haven't read about it anywhere else. I, there's probably a thread. Yeah, but now I gotta go I play a 5:30 full of the best players on Maximus. I'm, I'm, that's on merge. You know what I mean? Instead of yeah, that's a that's a good point. Instead of a Maximus, so my my EV is much worse there. Yeah. Anyway, God, it's so frustrating. Yeah, my whining. Should be such an easy fix, but oh, whatever. Enough about that. Um, yeah. So good times. But yeah, it was cool to see a bunch of uh, a bunch of TPM members have a bunch of success. I didn't have a much. I had a couple of deep runs, but no, no final tables and nothing worth recapping. So, so then let's go uh, to the guy who's doing well. <laughs> let's go talk. Ex- exactly. So yeah, let's uh, let's get Riverman one two three in here. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll chat with uh, James Riverman one two three Lambert right after this on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Tears. This is Casey Big Dog Pocket Fives Jarzebeck from TournamentPokerEdge.com. If you've been looking for a trading site dedicated exclusively to tournament poker, then look no further. Tournament Poker Edge is only $23.95 per month with no initial sign-up fee and we post a new training video every weekday. You'll also find poker-related articles, blogs, and very active strategy forums. We even offer you the ability to upload your own video for others to discuss. So head on over to TournamentPokerEdge.com to find out why it's quickly becoming the destination for tournament poker players looking to take their game to the next level. TournamentPokerEdge.com Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to bring in our guest for today, James Riverman123 Lambert. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me. Hey, James. What's up, hey, buddy? how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for joining, man. Yeah, sure. And congrats yeah, on your success. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, 
a lot of hard work involved, a lot of grinding, you know, every day. I really yeah. never get tired of playing. So yeah, yeah. Is it poker fun, That's kind of rare. But. <laughs> so have you just always loved poker? Like, like, how long have you been playing? I've only been playing since um, around November 2009. Oh, um, wow. Wow. Yeah, I I didn't know the rules of the game. I didn't know anything about poker, and I was kind of dissatisfied with the income I was making at my uh, office job, and mm-hmm. so I, you know, I wanted to find another way to make a little bit of extra money. So I just, you know, started playing sit and goes online, and you know, just like the the nine man, just three dollar sit and goes on UB and Stars and. Just started, you know, progressively learning the game more and more. Moved into MTTs and had a couple scores, a couple four-figure scores, and it was uh, it was more money than I had ever really made at my job. So, you know, I mean, I was kind of hooked at that point, and right, <laughs> you know, just sort of built from there. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of um, a lot of our members have been kind of asking or have been asking to. to get get you on the podcast at some point was because I think they're they they really respect what you've accomplished as a you know, as an up and coming online poker pro. Right. Um and I think they also see how hard you work at it. I mean you put in a ridiculous schedule. Can you can you talk a little bit about, you know, how many hours you're putting in a week and kinda how you build that schedule? Well, um I mean it's actually pretty simple. I you know, get up, start playing and don't really stop. I mean, until you go to, yeah, until you I can't mean, keep your eyes it's, open. It's, it's not really that simple. I mean, you know, I eat and stuff like that, but yeah, you know, I just, just play all so, day. And so, have you like? Do you just do you know in advance like I'm playing these forty tournaments today or whatever the number is, or do you just kind of keep regging until you don't feel like regging, and then you take a break and and get some food or whatever and then go back to it or um you know what's what's your kind of mind thought with that well i I try to have i try to have food you know ready before i start because i don't want to get in the middle of a session and have to have to run to the store or anything so usually i mean i take care of that but then i mean i i just keep regging all day pretty much um yeah and And what was it I, i do sleep a reasonable amount i mean i you know i don't like go on whatever three day (laughs) poker benders (laughs) 30 whatever yeah i mean i I don't do that but um i think you know obviously sleep and nutrition is really important to staying sharp and i'm i'm really big on that so you know i i try to get at least eight hours a night but other than that i you know i get up and play and just keep going and, yeah. and you've been um, – I mean, I think you've had your breakout in the last couple of months, I think, right? That's sort of – like, when is your major upswing or your major success breakthroughs taking place? Um, it's been recent. Well, not recent, yeah, but – it has. On on Merge, it kind of has. Like, for right. the longest time, I, I was having, I mean, decent success, but just kind of mediocre. I mean, I was making a lot more money on, uh, on Bodog and Bovada than I was on Merge, but right. – Pretty much, like I guess, pretty much calendar year 2012 is pretty much when it started, and it's just kind of, kind of gone from there. I mean, yeah, I'm probably up over you know half the amount I made last year already. You know, in the first three months wow. of 2012. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that 
I think find most interesting is that you're have you're sort of breaking through right now, you know, in the the landscape without you know Full Tilt or PokerStars. Uh, you're doing it on the on the merge network, which is not the easiest thing to do, given that you know there's not as much as many players, not as many tournaments, the guaranteeds aren't, aren't as big. So sort of the opposite of what a lot of people are probably going through right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I played on full tilt and stars, you know, for a while, but, um, I, I never got to, uh, even to mid stakes really. I mean, I, I would settle it into a few bigger things. Like I had a, a couple of deep runs and F tops tournaments, but, um, I mean, I never really moved up, you know, that much on stars and full tilt. So right. really when they went away, not a whole lot changed for me. I just started put, putting in more volume on the sites that were still out there and just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we mentioned this on the intro before we brought you on, but just to, to reiterate, so, so Ruben's ranked 21st on, on, on merge right now, which is pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> pretty awesome out of, out of, you know, 32,000 people. So you're definitely crushing that, that site right now. Yeah. i not gonna lie, I look at that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I used to look at it every time I binked the tournament. I'd like wait for it to refresh with, <laughs> yeah, with the update. Right? It's like, ooh, yep. did I go from did I go from seven hundred to what am I gonna go to? Is it five forty? <laughs> right? right? You do the same thing, right? Three sixty. All right. Yep. That's funny. Do you get a, like a little 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 fear when on the hundred twenty days when um. When like your big score is about to leave the 120 days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't keep track that close. But... <laughs> okay, well, maybe I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out now. Yeah. And James, you play you play quite a bit on Bovada too, right? Which I, I don't think a lot of. I mean, I I've never played a tournament on what was Bodog and now Bovada. I think uh, Diego, I think you might have played a little bit in the past. But... I actually, yeah, I my my first the, actually my first bankroll. Um, cushion came from like 2000 on new year's day 2006 i i won a tournament on that but obviously like once 2007-8 when uh when poker stars and full tilt really took over i i i moved to that but i used to play on it a lot and then i had i had like 150 bucks on it when black friday hit and i ran through that pretty quickly you know with like 10 dollar turbos and then i just found it impossible to deposit so i haven't been on there since but you're on there pretty regularly huh james yeah i am um they've actually now that the now that the players are anonymous, it kind of obviously it changes the game a lot. But right. um, when they made that change, they really improved their tournament schedule and tournament structures a lot. So, okay. I mean, if you can get around the fact that you know you can't build reads on people beyond right. what you see at the table in front of you, um, <clears throat> it's actually not a bad site to play on. I mean, the, right. the software definitely still has its issues, even though it's brand new. But um, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely profitable to play right. on there. I think anybody who's good and can stand the software can make some money on there. So the software's changed too. Yeah, like, they oh, they oh. changed it, and it's it's improved a little bit, but uh, it's still you know. Nothing yeah. special. It's still does it still, does it still require Western Union tra- transfers to get money on there. Um, you can use prepaid Visa cards too. Oh, okay, okay. That's right. I mean that's what yeah. I use. I I don't leave a lot of money on there at right. once. So I mean it's just a couple hundred bucks here and there that I yeah. deposit when I need to. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I think you know for a lot of people they're not necessarily they don't need to put in the kind of volume that somebody like you who's making a living needs to make. Mm-hmm. 
or put in. So they, you know, they might just pick one site and go with it. But I, you know, it sounds like for somebody who's trying to fill out an entire day's worth of poker tournaments, it might not be a bad idea to put a little money on there. It's yeah, I think it's definitely a good idea. I hate to give away secrets like that on a podcast <laughs> that a lot of good players are going to hear, but yeah, the truth is, I mean, I think if you're playing in the U.S. and you want to, you know, you want to have a serious grind, make serious money, then I think uh, I think you should throw some Bovada into your schedule. Yeah. So how many tournaments a day do you play? I don't even know. I don't really I don't keep track exactly. I'm I'm really not very good about keeping track at keeping track of how many tournaments I play or how much money I spend in buy ins really, but um how how many tables do you play at one time then? I guess that's what um, I that. usually eight to twelve maybe. Oh, okay. Um so it's I mean it's nothing extreme. Um Sometimes it's quite a bit more, but it's it's usually not that many. It's usually, you know, 12 yeah. probably. I think we were joking in chat a couple of weeks ago about how sometimes you, you just don't bust things as quick as you're used to, and the next thing you know, you have, like, way more tables than yeah. you had planned to yeah. have. Cause, yep. You know, you kind of get used to, like, well, I'll probably be out of these four yeah. within a couple hours, and, and when that doesn't happen, you're like, oh, shit, now I'm stuck in 15 tournaments when I'm meant to be an eight. Yeah. yeah. Especially on a Sunday too, like last Sunday, the last day of Maximus, it was crazy. Just so much stuff going on. Yeah, and 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 I know besides playing, I mean, you're all over the forums at TPE, um, and I see you tweeting a lot. So, so like, what do you do in order to, aside from playing, get better at poker? What's your routine there? Because I know you watch a lot of the videos, and we don't need to limit it just to just TPE, but. You know, if you use other resources as well, that, that's that's awesome. We'd love to hear about it. But what's your sort of routine for educating yourself and becoming better? I watch every MTT video I can get my hands on yeah. from any site. Um, yeah. It's good. It's um, usually at the beginning of the day, the beginning of the session, I don't really have that many tables going. So I'm always watching a video. Um, right. And before I start playing, usually, I mean, I wake up and you know turn on my my phone and i read you know a book on on kindle um like lately i've been reading elkie's book razor's yeah. edge it's pretty That's a great good. one yeah it yeah. is yeah. It's really and good. uh so it's, it's you know poker all day pretty much i study a little bit before i start and then you know i have a video going until i have too many tables to concentrate and then you know and then i get into it could you re- yeah. could you recommend some TP videos to the members that are listening? Um, like, what, what are some I of your really, favorites? I think. Um, well, my my favorite has has always really been the uh, the Bourbon FTW yeah. uh, F Tops rebuy video, just because it's this insane raw aggression. It's just <laughs> just awesome to watch. That he, he's like, such a nice guy. Like I expected him to be like an ogre, like just like <laughs> I expected him to like like rip heads off and like growl at me because <laughs> he's so aggressive. Yeah. But he's like the nicest guy in the world. It's like completely out of line with what he does at the table. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. gotta have him on actually. He's a he's a really, really cool guy. We should do that yeah, soon, Derek. Seems yeah. like it. Um, yeah. So okay, yeah, so so Bourbon for the win, right? Yeah, the, and that style is I mean, it's just really intriguing to me. I mean, I don't play as aggressively as he does, but someday I'd like to be able to, you know, to think on a high enough level to 
pull that style off. I mean, I know I can't now, but that's why I study, you know, that, that right. just really intrigues me to be able to do that. Um, and then some other, uh, some other videos I like are the, uh, the Daryl Jace 100K videos, just mm-hmm. awesome. So like it's such deep advanced thinking on there. Um, I have two Daryl J series sitting in my, uh, in my, in my, <laughs> in the hopper right now that are coming out. He, really so just, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I have, I, we have two of them. Actually, um, the, the next series that's coming out will be Daryl. So you'll see that next week. That's so, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I always like, I always label his stuff when I put it on the site as the advanced class, because I think he mm-hmm. just thinks on such a high level, like, and you know, you know, I, I think you need to, you really need to pay attention to what he's doing, <laughs> and yeah. he makes you think. But I think it definitely expands your 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 grow, your mind. Yeah, and the, just there's there's some of the uh, there's a little bit of dry humor in there too, yeah. like <laughs> just the way he describes some of the uh, some of the villains in the hands. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's such a, for a dry guy, he's pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, and when I when I first started and I first joined the site, um, one of the videos that really opened my eyes was uh, the first, um, I don't know if it was the first Big Dog Theory video, but it was one of the first on 3-Bet Shoves. Mm-hmm. That just blew my mind, like yeah. just finding spots and it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't even matter what your cards are in certain spots. That just blew my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, as a, you know, I was pretty much a beginner when I first saw that and, uh, I mean, you know, you can you can really make a profit just kind of playing that style, you know, just playing really tight and and then reshoving, and that's kind of what I did for the longest time. And you know, it was a lot of it was because of because of that video, that whole concept, you know. Right. Um, and obviously, there's more to tournament poker than just you know than just the three bet shoves and you know, shove ranges and all that stuff, but that's a really key thing to uh, to get a grasp of first. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. Just, um, so for those listening that want to watch those uh, and not have to search through all the archives, I'll, I'll post uh, those videos. In we're going to talk about hands with with James in just a little while, and and we'll put the hand histories up on the site, and I'll put links to those videos in the hand history um, page so that you don't have to dig too much. Because I, I agree, I think those are some of the best videos we have. Yep, definitely. Yeah, good stuff. And I know you you spend quite a bit of time in uh, in TPE chat, and and I'm assuming you chat with people outside of that too, either via Skype or AIM or whatever. Do you? I mean, do you spend a lot of time going over hands with other people? Do you review your own hands? What's kind of the, you know your process for that? I review my hands a little bit, um, just when I have you know when I have a a trouble hand that I'm not sure about. I mean, I'll I'll share it with people on Skype a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of it though. Um, yeah. Just occasionally, and then I also, um, I read the the strategy forums and try and post as much as I can. And also, another really good resource for um, for thinking on kind of a higher level about hands is the High Stakes MTT forum on Two Plus Two. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I just lurk yeah. on there, and it's just really interesting. Just a lot of deep thinkers on there. I'm curious how much how much posting do you think is image posts like people posting 
one way to get people. Yeah. Since, since it's a small, com- I mean, it's a relatively small community. You know, the people that are posting are people at the high stakes level are the people that are playing in the tournaments, and you're going to end up with that deep deep runs. How, how much of that do you think is actually image posts or real <laughs> real advice? It's an interesting thought. I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that because there's a lot of egos in that community. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So <laughs> there, I think there's a whole lot of that. Yeah, it's like you know people posting a, a, a weird way to play Jack Six off, right? It's like <laughs> just so that when you're in a situation with them, you remember that that hand that they posted, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm always curious about people who doing that if that really happens or not. I think it's possible. Yeah, I, I think it is. I've, maybe when I read that forum, I should just be cautious and think yeah. I might get leveled here. <laughs> I'm gonna start posting only image hands in our forums. Like I'm a, but they're gonna be super nitty. Well, oh, well, let me tell you, the, the stick it to the man videos that I have up are image videos, guys. I don't really make that many mistakes. <laughs> For the record. For the record. I don't really make that many mistakes. <laughs> Funny. Speaking of uh, of grinding, I know we talked a little bit about Merge earlier. Um, the Poker Maximus series just wrapped up. I think you had a, a pretty good series, right? Yeah, at the beginning I did. Um, I final tabled the first Sunday high roller, got sixth for uh, for 6,900, which is my second biggest career score. And then the next night I final tabled the 55 cubed. Um, for about 4K, I think. I finished sixth in that one, too. I would have liked to uh, actually close those out, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. still big scores. Um, Good way to start the series. Yeah, it was. I wish I could have built on it a little more, but yeah. I really didn't have any, any more scores during Maximus. But, I mean, it was – at least it set me up with a role, you know, yeah. to be able to play everything. And right. I, are you back or head, so. are you back? Are you no, back? No, playing your own I'm not basketball. back. Cool. And what did you, what did you think of that series overall? I mean, it was obviously Merge's first sort of big poker series. I mean, it did were were the things you can see that could definitely be improved, or uh, do you think it was pretty good for their first shot of the series? I thought it was amazing. I, I thought it was yeah. really good. Yeah. I think they did a good job. I think they need to fix their rebuy issue, but <laughs> yes, oh yeah, my God. <laughs> And that's not even a Maximus issue. That's right. Just a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're really improving their schedule a lot. It seems like they, you know, they've they've added new daily tournaments like the um, that 10k sixty dollar tournament in the morning. It's mm-hmm. going to be a really good way to start the grind every day. Right. And uh, I think with those kind of improvements they make, I mean, you would think that they would be able to fix the the software flaw with the rebuys. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it could also be a matter of they're just going to milk it, you know, in case the DOJ shuts them down. <laughs> Why invest <laughs> in extra programming, you know? But yeah, it's. I mean, I got to imagine the cost of that stuff is not very high. I I I have a background in software development, and and nothing is as simple as um as as it seems, right? Even the simplest changes for software require a lot of testing and a lot and there's always other factors that influence that you know other dependencies on every everything but like even with that said the reeb i think shouldn't be take this long and shouldn't right it's, it's difficult for them to do it yeah it's pretty Maybe. absurd with yeah. you know with the amount of money that's on the line in these tournaments too yeah, yeah. And i would hate I, to get to the end of a of the rebuy period in like a you know in the 75 rebuy or in a 100 rebuy and get screwed you know? yeah yeah it's very frustrating and i did i feel like i read somewhere recently that it, that it, 
somebody said it was going to be fixed pretty soon. Like, I think for one of the other skins, like RPM or Black Chip or something, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Because I think I've also read that before, like six months ago, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah. You never really know what's happening. Nope. You don't. Cool. So um, I guess we should probably jump into a little bit of uh, talk some hands, talk a little bit of strategy, I guess. Sounds good. Sound good? Yeah, good. Cool. So we got a few hands here um, from some or some hands that you've played, and I think some of these were actually from like the video series you posted. Right. right? Yeah, they all are. They all are. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we got a few things to choose from. Um, I guess let's start off uh, right off the bat with the uh, the first hand, which is the Ace Ten hand. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to walk us through kind of the action and, sure. and, and you kind of maybe give us your thoughts and your reads as we go? Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is from the Ten Rebuy. Um, there's, I think, three or four tables left in the tournament. It's getting pretty close to the bubble. I start the hand with 50 big blinds. Um, I have the table covered. There's only a couple reshove stacks, um, and I'm not really concerned about them. So I'm under the gun with Ace-10 off, and I open. Um, I get called by a player in middle position. Yeah, mm-hmm. MP2. And then I get flatted by a player on the button who's going to be the main villain in this hand. Um, he's he's only got, he starts the hand with 22 big blinds. And from a good player, if they're flatting you with that size stack, you should probably, you know, that should probably set off alarm bells. Right. You know, they could be slow playing a big hand. But he's running a 30-14, so he's kind of kind of yeah. passive and kind of fishy. So I'm not really worried about him. And the other guy's got about 30 bigs when he starts the hand, um, and I don't really have a lot of reads on him. So they both flat. So go to the flop. Um, blinds are 1K, 2K, by the way. Or I'm sorry, 500, 1K. And we go to the flop, and it's there's 8,300 in the pot. Hey, James, before um, you go to the, before sure. you go to the flop, let me, let me ask you a question. So th- I always like to ask this because I find this um, – to be such a wide range of things that they could possibly have at this point. Like, do you mm-hmm. start ranging at this point, or is it just, you know, you can't really start putting people on hands yet because it's so early in the hand and there's not enough information, or do you start to get information? It's, I mean, I, I know you're going to get information later by what uh-huh. they're doing now, but even now, do you start saying, okay, well, this guy might have, you know, these, these are mid-pairs and broadways, or is that just too too many variables at this point? Well, there's, What's your strategy? Yeah, there's... A little bit of ranging preflop for sure. Mm-hmm. With with a guy like um, like the player on the button who's going to be the main villain in this hand, his range is extremely wide for calling right. preflop raise. He could have any suited connector, pretty much any ace, any pocket pair, just anything that looks pretty from this kind of player. So, um, just. I pretty much know that his his range is going to be not very well defined pre-flop. And the other guy is kind of a random. I only have a few hands on him. So, um, I mean, I I wasn't really sure about what his range could be. I mean, I generally think either pocket pairs or some kind of some kind of suited Broadway, maybe. Right. Maybe I should have been a little more concerned about the guy in middle position who's flatting me because um, he starts the hand with 29 big blinds. But like I said, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of a random, and I'm pretty much readless on him. Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm still putting both of them on pretty wide ranges. Right. Oh, fair enough. So 
there's 8,300 in the pot on the flop, and it comes out ace of diamonds, nine of diamonds, three of hearts. So I flop top pair. I have I have ace of clubs, ten of diamonds. So I flop top pair. I'm going to be c-betting this flop with my entire range. So I bet a little bit under half pot. I bet 38.45 into 8,300. The guy in middle position folds, and the player on the button calls. Um, and at this point, I think his range, there's no straight draw on the board, so I think his range is pretty much either an ace or a flush draw. I doubt that he's peeling with a pocket pair, um, so pretty much he has to have an ace or a flush draw here. Right. Um, so he calls, and we go to the turn, and there's um, fifteen nine ninety in the pot, about 16K, and he's got about 16K behind. Um, and I, this is where I kind of make a mistake in the hand and I check. Um, and I think any, anything that he's calling on this flop, nothing really changes on the turn. The turn's the six of spades. So nothing really changes. And, um, I don't think I should check here. I think I need to bet for value again because he's either got usually a weaker ace or a flush draw, um, so I check, and he checks behind, and he's got about a pot size bet left. Um, the river is fairly innocuous. It's the eight of spades. Um, a couple straight draws come in, but I'm yeah. not really worried about about yeah. him having a straight here. Yeah, there's no way he's calling with seven ten on the. Yeah, on, yeah. I mean, even seven ten suited would be the only one even possible. Right. There's, there's no way yeah. he's, he's doing that. Or, you know, I guess I mean, the only five, thing I'm, seven five seven of diamonds maybe or seven ten of diamonds. Maybe. Right. Yeah, but that's so unlikely. Yeah. The only thing I'm wor- I'm wondering is, do we do we really think he's he's calling pre with worse ace than ace ten? That you know, with, with twenty two. Like, I get, and that's it's purely a question because mm-hmm. he's got twenty two big blinds. Are people bad enough? I mean, is he is he potentially bad enough to be calling with like ace eight here? I guess yeah, this guy. Is, the gun? I think he is. Yeah. You think he is? Okay. All right. Then yeah. That's, uh, that, that's the answer. Then. Yeah. And um, and so I mean, and I I don't really think that's that big a part of his range, really. Um, I think. Like I said, anything I'm getting value from on the flop, I should also be getting value from on right. the turn. He's not going to fold on this turn card. Yeah. And so then the river, like I said, it's the eight of spades. So the flush draw misses. And this is kind of the, the most interesting part of the hand, I think. Um, can, I, can I just say that I think you should check uh, let him bluff? Exactly. Is, that, yep. is that what you're going to say? Yep. Because exactly. I, I think he's got king-queen suited here. Yep, exactly. That's that's one of basically the 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 three hands that I put him on pretty much, um, yeah. and I make the mistake of betting. I bet um, sixty four hundred into sixteen k, um, and what I should do is check. I mean, you have to look at the board texture here, and when the flush draw misses, then. I mean, you got to check and let him bluff. He's got a pot size bet left. If you check to him on the river, all he's got is king high or queen high. I mean, he sees his stack is about 16.4K, and he sees that 16K in the middle. You know, I mean, I want him to think, hey, I can I can double my stack here. You know, I can bluff shove all in. This guy looks weak. He just checked to me. Um, so, but I just didn't think about this hand 
in the right way and just kind of just fired on the river. Just you know. Yeah. If you had if you had bet the turn, then do you think you just jam the river? Like if you bet the turn and he calls, do you just jam the river then? Like, I guess what I'm asking is by checking the turn, which you said you think was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Does that change how you should play the river? <laughs> you know, since you check the turn, maybe that means you just kind of have to check the river to try to get a bluff yeah. because what's he going to call with otherwise? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I, I he he might check behind on the turn with an ace, but I think he definitely checks behind with a flush draw. He's just that it's that kind of villain. He's kind of loose passive. He just he's calling down to see if he hits. So right. Um. Once he checks behind on the turn, I, I mean, I, I think I weight his range slightly toward flush draws, which is why I should definitely be checking the river. Right. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. Uh, was this? Um, did you post this hand in the in the forums too, or was just this, this was just from the video? No, review? this is just from the video. Just one of the ones I picked out. Yeah, I think it would be. It'll it'll kind of be interesting to see, and, and maybe some people will post. Thoughts in the uh, in the podcast uh, comments, mm-hmm. what what they think. But yeah, I think I think you're spot on, um, because I think he probably bluffs a huge percentage of the time. Yeah, if you check that river. Yep. And he cool. he he doesn't he can't think that he has full equity either. Once I bet the river, so he's not, and he's the type of player that's not gonna bluff raise the river with a misdraw anyway. Right, and I'm pretty much. I mean, I'm calling him regardless. You know, if he has me beat, he has me beat at this stack depth. You know, he started the hand with twenty with twenty two big blinds. I mean, I I can't really ever fold to him. You know, on this board. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the uh, the next hand here. You want to uh, walk us through that one? Sure. Um, so this one, it's close to the bubble. Um, I have a good stack. I, my table's playing pretty tight, so um, it folds to me in the hijack, and it doesn't matter what my cards are here. I happen to have seven of diamonds, three of spades, so I'm, I have a hand with absolutely no flop potential or anything. But I mean, I just I just open to steal. I just think it's a good spot, so I open, um, and I get flatted by a player in the small blind. Um, he's running a 25-14. I think he's a little bit weak post-flop. He's kind of passive, but um, I think I'll be able to take advantage of him in position. So, I guess, James, my only question is, do you have, like, a ridiculous image right now, or or is it, like, are you are you going to get played back at so, a lot here just because you've been running over the table, or, or are you fairly... Like, I wouldn't say fun? I've been running over the table. Um, yeah. I I haven't shown down anything ridiculous, and okay. I think I think my image is average to you know slightly on the aggressive side, I guess, but nothing nothing crazy. I haven't been like opening every pot and just going nuts. Gotcha. Um, Although you can in merge bubbles, yeah, it seems like. I mean, people yeah. will just fold and fold, and it's yeah. amazing how long it takes to bust a bubble and merge. Yeah, yeah, uh, merge because people will just fold their way. So yeah, I can see why I can see why you don't uh, open. I mean, I I might not do it, but I can see why you could open any two. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you should. I think uh, you probably should be opening just about any two in this spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean stacks are good. I have I have a twenty five big blind stack to my left, and then to his left is another twenty five big blind stack, and then and, and I mean those 
those guys aren't going to be shoving on me, you know. So yeah. it's, you know, that doesn't really worry me. And the, the, the big blind's a little bit concerned, right? Twenty bigs. Yeah, he's, but he was. Got a pretty sure. I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I had a read on him that he was. There's certain players you don't really have to worry about when they have a reshove stack because they right. don't know that they have a reshove stack. Right. And so they're, right. Not, they're <laughs> not going to use it like that. Right. Yep. They'll they'll still they'll call raises with with a hand they think looks pretty and then check fold. So. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean I, I I'm pretty sure I had a read on that guy. I wasn't really worried about him. Yeah. Um, so the. The guy that flats me in the small blind, like I said, he's a little passive, a little bit weak post-flop, I think, and having position on him, I mean, I, I think I'll be able to barrel good boards and, and win the pot fairly easily. So, um, the, and he starts, let's see, he starts the hand with 35 big blinds, and I haven't covered. So the flop comes out, ace of diamonds, ace of clubs, six of diamonds, and he leads for about half pot. And, it's the donk uh, bet. It's the donk yeah, bet. A little donk lead from the blind. <laughs> so obviously, like any good TPE member, I hear the voice of the big dog in my head. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe it's that. So, yeah. It's so funny. That's exactly <laughs> what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I think um, raising on this board is going to look bluffy. I think it's better just to float. If I really uh-huh. want to rep an ace here, so I just call. And uh, that's a really good point. That, that's that's a, that's interesting. So, so you you want to scare him? You think by raising, it's going to potentially look like either you got a flush draw, or you're just trying to take away. But an right. ace in this spot is way more likely to just call, right? Is that yeah. that's basically what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it makes, it makes good sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a raise would look kind of suspicious. I'm not really sure if I would give this guy credit for recognizing that, but. I mean, either way, that's you know that that's how I prefer to play it when I'm trying to to plan on taking it away later. So, so what do you think inspires a donk lead like this? Like, I, I always try to understand what like if they don't have an ace and trying to protect against the flush draw, like what what could they possibly have here doing this donk lead? Just trying to stab at it? Is that what makes up the majority could, of? Yeah, this could could just be trying to stab at it. He, I think he could also have a medium pair that he's trying to protect against overcards. Um, right. Because, you know, he's probably competent enough to realize that if there's two aces on the board, it's not likely that I have one. And, you know, if he leads, maybe I'll just say, you know, screw it, I fold, and right. just move on. But, um, right. so he, I mean, he could have a complete air ball or maybe a mid pair. You know, maybe he could have a six, you know, something like that. Yep, yeah. And, and I, I know because I've, probably been in this position before it sucks when some, when you get flatted when you do that like when there's, when there's two aces on the board and you bet the guy just calls you're like yeah. oh, shit now, now i'm out of position i have to play this turn like what did i just get myself into and I'm, i can imagine he was hating himself yeah once he got once he got flatted yeah. position is power so yeah um so now before you even go to the turn james like when uh-huh. you call here to float What's your plan on the turn? Are you, you're no, no matter what he does, you're going to try to take it away, or I mean, for the majority of the time, unless something unique really happens, or this is always yeah. I, I think we are just deep enough for me to be able to to raise the turn if he bets, or just to bet the turn, and then if he check raises the turn, obviously I'm just folding. 
but right. I, I mean, I think we're just we're just deep enough to to be able to make a move here. Um, right. So the turn is the deuce of spades, complete blank, and he leads at me again for about half pot, and going with my read on the flop that I don't think that he's leading with an ace. Um, I just decide to, to continue with that read, I guess. And I, I just min raise, I just click it back and mm-hmm. he folds. Yeah. It's an interesting spot too, because you would think <clears throat> in his mind, he might like the turn might be a good place for him to go for a check raise because you know, yeah, when you flat, that, then it gives him the perfect opportunity to go, oh, shoot, he does that, or to pretend, like, oh, he has an ace, so I'm going to check now. Like, I, I don't know. You're putting if him I on a whole a, different level, though, I think. I think you're giving Yeah, it. you're probably right. But I'm just thinking, if I'm him and I have an ace, I check that turn 100% of the time to try to check raise you. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I just think it's, like, such a good, it's such a good spot for you to raise. And like you said, that was your plan anyway, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he just folded, huh? Yeah. He, and yeah. I think I, I wouldn't try this against you know against a, a good player because good players aren't calling raises out of position without a pretty strong range in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So right. Um, I just don't want to be. I I, I don't want to be up e- even in position. I'm not going to make this kind of move on on a, a good player. I don't think. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And I, one thing that I think you said too that's important. Um, you you had talked about stack sizes and how you thought you were just deep enough to make this move. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people need to kind of make a mental note to sort of look at those stack sizes before you play a hand and and, and develop your plan for that hand because sometimes you'll you'll find yourself in the middle of a hand and go, well, this is not going to work because yeah. <laughs> these stacks aren't right for this maneuver. Yeah. You know. Right. Um. And and that's that's kind of a an art, I think, because it's not easy to sit there and go, okay, it's, I raise this much and he calls. If I bet, if he bets half pot and I call, then there's this much. And, uh, you know, it's hard to get yourself to the turn or the river thinking that far ahead. Yeah, it is. Something, I think it's something you just have to do over and over and over again to the point where you can just look at stacks and go, okay, yeah, the, you know, this is going to work. If I, you know, I can, I can make a raise on a turn and fold if he shoves or whatever. Yep. Right. Yeah. And after he bets that turn, um, he bets six sixty three hundred, and there's um, twenty thousand two hundred in the pot, and he still has thirty k behind thirty point nine k. So he has he has just enough left where I can min raise and then fold if he comes back over the top. And right. I leave once I raise there, I, I still leave myself about thirty big blinds behind. So it's you know it, it's not a big deal if I have to fold there. How how, how shallow like what's what's the what's the point there where he, the stacks are too shallow? How many? You said he had thirty left after he raised, after he bet the turn, twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty six. When, when are we getting too shallow for you to? to Pretty close, right around there, twenty five, twenty six, uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Oh, I love that. It. Was a good one. I, yeah, I, I like that. I, I like both those points from that hand. Actually, you know, talking about. Uh, the stack sizes, but then, but then also just sort of thinking about the, you know, ha- having a plan and 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 acting on it, you know, yep. something Big yep. Brother talks about a lot. Yep. Yep. Got to pull the trigger. Cool. 
so let's move on to uh, the last hand, and I know this one actually uh, features a fellow TPE member, yep. so we'll run through this one. Okay, this one is from the final table of the four rebuy uh, a couple months ago. The uh, villain in this hand is one-hit wonder. He's wonder on, uh, on TPE, and I wasn't as familiar with his game at the time as I am now, so maybe that's why I played this hand the way I did. I'm not sure, but I'm He's, uh, I've, I've come to realize since then that he's, you know, he's, he's a really strong, aggressive player and I, yeah. there's, there's no way I should have done what I did in the sand, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, he, but you didn't know that at the time, right? So you went on, right. did you know he was a TP member at the time? I did, yeah. I, okay, I knew he was a TP member. I just didn't know he was as tricky as he is. Right. And actually, yeah. um... That last hand we talked about from the ten rebuy, I ended up heads up against him at the end of that tournament. So coincidentally, oh, wow. oh, he's oh. featured on both of my video series. So, ah, nice. nice, yeah. Um, so in this hand, we are seven-handed at the final table, and one hit wonder who starts the hand with twenty-five big blinds, min raises under the gun. Um, he gets flatted by the chip leader. In Middle position, I guess two to his left. Yeah, UGG two or hijack since we're seven-handed, um, and it folds to me in the cutoff, and I have just about the same stack as the chip leader, basically just like a couple hundred chips less or a couple thousand chips less rather, and um, so I decide this is a good spot for a squeeze, and it's gonna look, it's gonna look like a bluff, and I have pocket jacks so. You know, it's just a perfect scenario for me. So after one hit wonder opens and then gets flatted, I make it, see, I make it 44K into, let's see, about, let's see, we've got 16, 16, 32, 35. Yeah, I make it just about the size of the pot, basically. When I squeeze, I'm... I size it so I'm setting my price basically to buy the pot. So I make it, I make it 44k, mm. and everybody else folds, and then it comes back to one hit wonder who ships it in. And the original flatter folds and it's back to me. And at first, I thought, there's no way I'm ever folding this hand. <laughs> um, but then I sat there. I'm looking at my stack. I still have plenty of chips if I fold here. You know, I'll still have, uh, let's see, how many big blinds? I'll still have like 43 big blinds left or so. So, you know, I just decided to fold. And this is such a such a big mistake because against his against the value range of tens plus and ace queen, I'm only a 53 of 47 dog, but I'm right. getting 1.8 to one on the call. Right. Do you Even say value range, when you say value range of tens plus and ace queen, you mean ace queen plus, right? Including ace right. king? Right, yeah, tens plus yeah. and ace queen plus. Right, it, right, yeah. right. Even if I call and lose, I still have 20 big blinds left. So, I mean, I, I think this fold is fairly disastrous. I went on to win the tournament, but it's just pretty much a disaster. And uh, so I tank and tank 
and I fold, and uh, one hit wonder turns over queen eight of diamonds. <laughs> he just had to rub it in, that didn't he? Pretty hard there, and <laughs> I should have I should have thought a little bit harder about the hand, and I did think at first that it would seem like a really obvious spot to squeeze light, but then once he shipped it, I kind of got scared, and I kind of abandoned that read and said, I'm keeping this stack. I'm going to fold. Yeah. That, that's what right. I was going to ask you. Is this a mistake of reading or a mistake of nerve? <laughs> it could, it could be a nerve. I mean, and yeah. the thing is, I was, you know, I was kind of enjoying having the stack I did. It was, other yeah. than One Hit Wonder, it was a really soft table, and I'd been playing real aggressively and getting away with a lot. So, um I was, you know, enjoying having my stack so much that I just wanted to keep it, and I folded, which yeah. is, it's, I mean, it's just a mathematical disaster, really, yeah. getting right. 1.8 to 1 to call there. Um, yeah. It's, there's just no way I should be folding there. Do you think that um, him knowing who you are probably played a role in his, because he obviously knows you're a smart-thinking player. I mean, do you think he, he shoves there because he, you're actually smart enough to maybe fold a hand like Jax? I mean, even though in this case it ended up being a bad fold. Well, but I don't he, think he thinks he has Jax. I think he thinks it's a light squeeze. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I talked to him shortly after the hand, and he was like, well, you sh- should have thought about how obvious a squeeze spot it was. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. Because, I mean, it <laughs> right. just seemed like a perfect squeeze spot, especially the way I'd been playing. I mean, I went back and looked at the video, and the HUD said I was running a 33-32 with a 22% 3-bet. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got the toppest of your range here. For pretty absurd. So, yeah, yeah. just yeah. no no way I should even consider folding that. Anything. Yeah, but, I mean, I think this self-analysis is what is, you know, leading to your success right now and, and, and making you a better player. You really have to have that ability to look at, go back and think about spots like this and, and accept that you can make some serious mistakes along the way and, and just, you know, not ignore them, right? I mean, yeah, you look like you're, 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 you're definitely concentrating on improving that, those spots. Yeah, and I, I take pride in that, too. I, yeah. I try to be... Like a lot of people are really stubborn about their game, and yeah. you know they they don't want to hear criticism. But I mean, I really do. I, uh, yeah, me too. I, I agree. You know, I'm definitely open to it. Yeah, this reminds me of a hand that I always get made of, made fun of from Casey and some other guys. In one of my stick it to the man's where I have jacks, and when the hand when the hands are dealt, I say, "Oh, I have jacks. I'm never folding." And then, <laughs> and then something happens, like, it, like somebody raises, and there's like a three bet, and I go, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud to say in that video I did end up put it, putting it all in, but it was just fun. it's funny that it happens to be Jax. And, and, and you even like you even said in the hand like this is such a a good place to make it look like I'm light, yeah, squeeze you know squeezing light, and then when they when they actually buy your story you're like ooh, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I would be willing to bet that we're have, we have all been guilty of that. Yeah. 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 That's a really good hand. I'm glad you brought that up because it shows that even if you're 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 playing well and you're doing well, is there's definitely mistakes you can make that you can learn from. So it's, yeah. it's well, I mean, I went on to win the tournament, so I yep. I like my play. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's all that matters, That's, right? <laughs> That's the key to really being good is results oriented thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's awesome. Well, cool, James. Uh, you know, thanks for uh, for taking the time to come on on the podcast. Like I said, some of the members have been asking for for a while, and, and you've been having a ton of success, and it's something we've wanted to do uh, for a bit. So we definitely appreciate you coming on and bringing some hands and talking a little bit of strat and talking a little bit about your history and and all that good yeah, stuff. So, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so a lot, guys. Yeah. Congrats, James, and thanks for um thanks for 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 being a mod. Um, I, we mentioned this before you came on, but just to reiterate, uh, James is now a mod in TP forums, um, and we will be releasing his video as a member spotlight video um, on the site. So you can see um, hands like this and hands that he actually crushes people in, um, <laughs> in, in the video. I've, uh, I've always wanted that, um, that TP falling chips animation at the beginning of one of my videos. So <laughs> you guys are making my dreams come true. You know, but, no, really, nice. you know, we're really, look, we, Derek and I built this site um, because we're, we love poker, right? And and we want to get. We've always wanted to get better at poker, and we take it seriously. And even though you know sometimes our results don't don't get there, we work hard at it. So we're really like we're thrilled to see members doing well, really well. Um, final tabling Maximus events, you know, and then on Poker Stars and 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 what was Full Tilt doing well there too. Um, but you know, it's it's great, and we're happy that the members who start to have these breakout successes. Um, we want to promote those guys, so congratulations to you, and, and you know, good luck with the, good luck the rest of the year. Go, go for number one, right? <laughs> yep. You're welcome. Thanks. All right, cool. Thanks, bud. Thank, thanks again, James, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back here and wrap things up on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you to James Riverman123 Lambert for joining us. Uh, it was really nice to have him on the show. It was uh, overdue, and uh, and I thought it was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think uh, he's, he's definitely a, a thinking player, um, good representative of the site, and happy to see he's doing so well. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> like for me, I feel like re-motivated to grind again. Yeah. Like, yeah. like hearing him talk about, I just I just get up and I start... Yeah. playing and I don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah, I, know. I, I know. Well, I mean, I, I like the way he, I think one of the biggest things I took away from there is, uh, you know, the, the ability to self-analyze and, you know, take some criticism, give yourself some criticism. Um, really, really important. And I think, you know, from a playing perspective, um, you know, he's always ranging people. That's one of the things I've learned from Danny and 13. Um, 
just specifically because he's oh, every time I talk about hands with him, he's like, well, what range do you put this guy on, right? Like, right. and seems like like James does that as well, which is I think a very important habit to get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he I I follow him on Twitter, and as you said, and when we were talking to him, he's pretty active on there, and he's um he's you know he's pretty good about posting hands and and being critical. You know, like he'll say I I mess this up or I really screw this hand up yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Like, like you can tell, and we talk about this with our Stick It to the Man series all the time, like you got to be willing to take that kind of criticism, and he, he definitely seems to have no problem with it. Yeah, so, so speaking of Stick It to the Man, let's talk about what's going on at TP this week. Yes, so you are getting raked over the clothes, <laughs> and, and Danny N13. I'm getting beat up. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, well, f- fortunately, I definitely know that I play a lot better in the later stages of this tournament. Um, I got to tell you, I was five tabling, and man, I, I, I'm out of practice. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm, I used to play eight, twelve tables, and it's like it's not as a, uh, you know what it is. Five tables is fine. It's five tables and recording is, is gets gets a little tough. Right. I think I missed. I think I just didn't understand stack sizes at certain points, and I just kind of played some hands automatically because I was focusing on talking about hands at other spots but you know what that's no excuse i definitely made some mistakes and i'm uh i'm definitely learning and and, and it's funny uh danny i am me after they finished one of the parts he's like you got to play more because you're making leaks he's like you're making rusty mistakes and and mm-hmm. and you know game flow you know sort of not being as aware of the stack as you should be and, and i think he's right i think that's probably um but i you know <clears throat> on merge it is what it is right so i'm just gonna right i have to keep uh keep plugging away at it but but it's great education for me. You know what's cool, and um, this kind of goes to a few different points. One is is how happy I am to have Danny on board. Yeah, sure. um, but the other is kind of the point you were just making about how you just have to keep playing and and adapting your game because it. it it, while a lot of people are sitting out in America right now, everybody else is getting better. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But to that point, um, you, you know, you mentioned Danny had had hit you up, and he, had, we, I was chatting with him about um, some WSOP stuff the other day. And he goes, "By the way, if you ever want me to do a stick it to the man in your video, let me know because I think it would be really helpful yeah. to you. You know, like I'd really like to help you find the leaks in your game. Yeah, and and that's pretty cool. Yeah. you know, it is. You know what? Here's a good example of exactly what you said. Um, in this ser- they make fun of me because I I I bet half pot a lot. Uh-huh. Like on, I know I see bet half pot right, and I remember when you used to see bet two thirds pot right. You remember? I mean, yeah. you know, and that wasn't that long ago. And then right. when we lost poker from Poker Stars of Full Tilt, half pot was pretty standard see bet size, and yeah. you could tell that I'm not a grinder every day right now because. I'm betting half pot where people have moved beyond that. People are doing third pot now, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just it's just that's the that's what keeping up with that's why I'm you know that's why it's important to keep up because that's where it's moved to, and it to the point where the people who are playing Danny's you know a regular on Poker Stars and you know half pot is like that guy is is not with today's game is you know what was is what they what it signals to to them and that just a year ago was the norm. So right. it's 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 true. It's absolutely you know keeping up with today's game is 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 important. That that shows you know what happened to a lot of us when we could. Yeah, yeah. I got I have, I have to force myself to keep playing. I've been I've been putting in sessions here and there, but just yeah. it's just it's really hard to find the time. And yeah. um, but I, I need to get I need to get back to it. And I and I I'm gonna try to take Danny up on that opportunity, even if he doesn't do it officially for a video. I'm just gonna yeah. send him my hand exactly. this way and say rip this apart for me. Well, I think it's and instructive I, for a lot of the people who are probably listening right now because. You know, we get to look at 
the members, the numbers, and and I can tell you a lot of people are coming back now to the site mm-hmm. from a year ago who are you know saying hey. Um, I, I threw some money on Merge. I want to keep playing. And so I think a lot of you might find yourself in the same situation. So you should check out that Stick It to the Man, see some of the mistakes I make that come from rustiness and, you know, what, you know, how the game has, you know, continued to evolve a little bit from someone who's, who has kept playing. Um, and I think if a lot of you find yourself in that same boat. So it's a good video for, for those of you who are, are in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. And along those same lines, um, you know, like you said, we see the numbers of what our membership looks like. We also see the numbers of how many people listen to this podcast. And I can tell you it's a lot, lot more than, you know, a lot of people listen to the podcast who aren't a member of the site. Um, you know, and I just encourage you guys to come check the site out. And I'm, I, you know, obviously that involves you spending some money and, and I'm not going to say that, (laughs) you know, we're not going to make some money if that happens, but I truly believe that if you sign up for the site for a month, you'll stick around. Yeah for a much longer time because you're just going to see how it literally pays for itself yep. in, in the education you get. I mean, you know, throw a couple hundred bucks on Merge or whatever site you want to play on and, uh, and start watching some videos. And it's, it's just, it's an investment in your future because poker is coming back yep. and, uh, and you kind of want to be ready when it does. So yep. um, take that as an advertisement if you want. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care either way. You know, you can call it an advertisement, call it whatever you want. Get out but, of here with uh, spam, man. Yeah, but I think you know I I, I legitimately believe that you'll you'll be happy you did it. So yep. uh, so check it out. Cool. You have some other cool stuff going on, on the site. Um, Bourbon for the Win, who made his return a couple of weeks ago, put out a, a theory video this week on aggression, which is uh, getting pretty highly rated. Pretty fun since, yeah. since he's known to be aggressive, as we talked about um, earlier today uh, with with James. Um, got that going on. Uh, Mark Aliato um, does a hand history review of his hundred K second place finish. Uh, that's just currently running and coming close to an end. And uh, and we got a, a video coming up from, as I mentioned, um, Daryl Jace. Uh, his next series is up next week, so that's stuff going on at the site. And Daryl wrote a pretty cool article, which um, uh, I, I really like. It's it's uh, it's called Analyzing Your Game, Are You Outplaying the Table? And uh, it's a free article, so if you, you head over, um, and he talks about um, sort of just how how to know or what to look for um, if you're really outplaying the table or if you're just getting lucky within a range of variance, um, not, right. not just variance, but like, you know, did you um, bluff and you think that he is like, let's say you think a guy is raising with 40 percent of his range, but you're wrong. This particular person only raises with 5 percent of his range. Um and he folds like 1%, of, like, you know, 20% of that. And it just so happens that he folds, he, you, you got him at the situation where he where he's super tight, but he does have the tiniest fold range, and you put him on a, a bigger fold range. And, and yet he folds, and you think you're right. And you're right. playing everyone, but there's a lot more of that in the game than you think. And so yeah. it's a pretty heady piece. It's not, you know, make a cup of coffee and, you know, shut the music off and read it, but it's really... One of those things where it's like you know has things start clicking when you read it and understand. yeah. When I when I read it, I thought back to you know we've all all had those tournaments where we go man everything just clicked and I played every hand perfectly and like I was just on top of my game and I, and I when I read that article I was like I wonder if I was really on top of my yeah. game in all those tournaments yeah. or if I just like you said like I caught all the villains at just the right yeah. time <laughs> to to make them do what I wanted. Yeah, to. it's definitely part of it. It's part of it, and and you know he's pretty humble, Daryl, and you know he talks about the times where he thinks he's, 
you know, he's deluding himself into thinking he's the, mo- the best player ever, and he just was lucky enough to find himself with the, the right uh, range, and then you forget about the suckouts and the coolers that, you know, you also had along the way. And um, But it, it's a good mindset article as well, so definitely check that out. Yep, for sure. Love his stuff. Yep. Cool. Anything else? Nope. I am looking forward to the World Series, even though it's still two months away. <laughs> there yeah. you go. It's the, the countdown is on. Yeah, the countdown is on. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, we'll make sure we get we'll get a few more uh, a few more podcasts in before we head out there. But uh, yeah, and there's um, the... there's a members tournament coming up, right? Before we go. Yes, yeah, uh, we've set one up uh, on Merge, which I'll post in the forum so everybody can get the details on that. Uh, we, you know, passwords and all that stuff will be in there. Um, I, I should say it'll be on lock. Now, I know we had some people last time who said, oh, I'm on Carbon or I'm on this site and I, I can't play in it. But unfortunately, when you set up a private tournament, you have to set up with the skin, not with the... It's annoying. Yeah, it is kind of annoying, but it's the reality of the situation. And um, it seems like most people... Uh, well, I shouldn't say most. A, a larger percentage of our members are playing on lock than some other sites. So, and 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 we have an in there, and it, it, it's not like PokerStars where you can just set up your own private yeah. tournament anytime you want. You have to like go to somebody and get it done. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we 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 always have an in there, so we got that set up. Um, and then we'll also be setting one up uh, on PokerStars for those of you who are still fortunate enough to get to play on there. We'll get that set up and get some of the guys, you know, Danny and, and Casey and the guys who can still play on that site. Uh, we'll we'll play on that with you guys. So uh, we'll have a couple of those surrounding our two-year anniversary, which is coming up in like two weeks. Yep. Looking forward to it. Hard to believe it's been two years. Two years. Pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll talk. we'll talk more about the two years that has been uh, on the next podcast, probably. Yeah, good so. idea. We'll give you some uh, some best of stuff. I think we'll find some good a little, stuff. Yeah, a little a little recap of where we've been, and and maybe a little preview of where we're going with some things. <laughs> I remember when we lost, we had eight videos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and none in the hopper. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about that when we, on next next podcast. I think exactly, exactly, cool. So yeah, thanks again to uh, to James for stopping in. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed hearing from him. I know we did, and. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys all next time. See ya. Bye bye. Without a gun and pay-